Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Columbus, Ohio is Jeremy Laws. Jeremy is Operations Supervisor at the Ohio Cancer Incidence Surveillance System at the Ohio Department of Health. Uh, first, Jeremy, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Thanks, I'm glad to be here. Very glad to have you. And today, not surprisingly, we'll be talking about cancer reporting. Uh, and this is a whole area, of, frankly, I was unfamiliar with at all. Um, first, can you tell us what are the cancer reporting requirements? Absolutely. Yes, I want to start by just saying that, you know, I am in Ohio, so uh, I can't speak for the entire country, but, you know, there are some slight differences between states. So uh, the first thing I want to say is if you're listening to this and you have any questions, uh, start with your own state health department. That's the best place to begin. <laughs> uh, but in general, you know, uh, for, a, for a cancer case report or a cancer abstract, we really have two major sections. You have sort of a uh, cancer information section or a tumor information section and then patient information section. Um, and those fields can kind of be interspersed. But for cancer information, you know, we're looking for basic questions you might have about a tumor. Where is it on the body? What kind of cancer or histology is it? You know, what kind of tissue is involved? How is that tumor behaving? So the, the cancer-related fields um, are associated with those, those kind of questions, you know. Um, and patient information fields are, as you can imagine, used to identify the patient, you know. So we look at um, uh, name, age, sex, race, um, uh, address, these different things. Other key fields would be the date of diagnosis, date uh, date of first course of treatment, or, you know, other treatment dates. Um, so those are, are the kind of things in a, in a cancer case report, as well as cancer staging. And um, we go into a lot of details on, the, on those different kinds of fields. But there is a table that I want to make sure uh, is made available created by uh, NACER, which is the North American Association of Central Cancer Registries. And this table lays out all the different required fields depending on the standard setter. So probably more information than you than you need, but that's in general what these reports look like. No, it's great to have this information, and I think we'll be able to put a link to that into the blog post that accompanies this. Once that data has all been collected, how is the data used by, uh, you know, your system and elsewhere? At a state central registry like our office, we take all these reports and put them together in a process called consolidation. And so we end up with the most complete and accurate picture, hopefully, uh, of that patient's cancer journey. Okay, so that's what our registry puts together. We report annually to a federal agency for you know, cancer reporting purposes. Um, for us, it's CDC. Other states have uh, a different agency. And uh, this data all feeds into the USCS, United States Cancer Statistics report that comes out annually as well. So sort of the national uh, cancer data that everybody sees every year, <laughs> that all starts on the local level, certainly. Then we also have on the state level, um, you know, with uh, with our agency, we have an IRB, you know, Institutional Review Board for 
research, and our data is often accessed, you know, directly, you know, by researchers, universities, um, really across the world, but especially across the U.S. Looking at cancer patients' data in, you know, the state of Ohio, and that's, you know, often de-identified data. Uh, so, uh, but not necessarily always. Then, of course, our cancer data is used by our, you know, local health departments, state policy uh, policymakers, and uh, other parts of, you know, Ohio Department of Health to help influence and improve cancer programs, cancer control programs, screening, that kind of thing. Um, hospitals will use our data to look at their catchment area to see how their patients and how their cancer registry data uh, compares to state level data. So uh, there, are, there are lots of great uses, uses for our data and um, the more people learn about cancer registries, especially researchers, the more excited they are to access uh, state-level data. Oh, I can definitely imagine that. Now, what mechanisms should be in place at healthcare providers to make sure that the data is being reported? Well, like I said at the beginning, I think the first step is to make sure you have some kind of connection with your state health department. At least check in and say, you know, hey, are we required to report? <laughs> and I say that because... Uh, the state laws are written differently, um, but in general, uh, I can speak for Ohio and just say that you know any practitioner or facility giving diagnostic or treatment services for cancer uh, should report or, or must report you know cancer cases to us, right? So uh, just being aware of that rule and having a connection with your state health department or, or whoever runs your state cancer registry, because sometimes these are based in universities as well. Um, uh, th that's the first step for sure. So then once you establish, okay, you know, my facility uh, is not in compliance or it should be reporting cases, but we're not, the next step is making sure you have someone dedicated to, uh, to reporting cases and, you know, monitoring progress. And uh, here in Ohio, if, you know, if anyone has a question, they can contact me directly. We have training and all the resources available for um, a for any office, you know, from a physician's office all the way up to you know a a hospital. Um, all the resources needed for training to get you up to speed to send cases to us and be in compliance. So you know, really the hardest part is uh, just making that connection and knowing who to who to ask and uh, and what's required. And I guess the last thing I would say on this is that. Um, uh, electronic health records are, you know, very helpful, but not required. There, there are still plenty of places out there that only have paper records. So I would say, um, you know, don't, don't let that stop you. But, you know, EHR systems are really nice for for all of this, <laughs> making, it, making it easier for sure. So, um, but yeah, again, the hardest part probably is just being in contact with the right people at your uh, state's health department. So do patients or doctors ever push back because they see it as a privacy invasion? And if so, uh, what should you do? Yes, and this is a great question. It, has, it definitely takes uh, some effort sometimes to, to get this across. You know, um, there's a, uh, a document I can share that explains kind of the exception to HIPAA that uh, public health reporting um, has. So just like other diseases that are, are reportable by law, you know, by your state, um, cancer falls into that. It just, uh, 
It's just a different disease and has different information and perhaps more information than other diseases, you know? So, um, and I think some, uh, perhaps some, you know, practitioners, facilities, what have you, aren't, aren't aware of everything that's, that's being reported, um, across the board. So, um, so yeah, there, there's an exception to HIPAA, but it definitely poses lots of questions. And there's also, there are inconsistencies with the data being collected. So, you know, in Ohio, we, we require, uh, the social security number to be reported, you know, as part of uh, the cancer case report that helps us identify the patient, you know. Um, but some some offices say, well, we don't want to give you that inf information or they'll say we just don't collect it or we only collect, you know, partial socials, you know. Um, so and so we have exceptions to that. But uh, that's a good example of of something where, you know, there's some pushback for sure. Um, also with sex, race, ethnicity, you know, some of these fields, um, either, either a, uh, an office doesn't want to share those or just, you know, doesn't collect those fields. And so, um, so yeah, that can be tricky sometimes. So overall, where do health organizations generally miss their compliance obligations? Is it reporting in the first place or certain aspects of it? Probably both, but I think the former the former is uh, the biggest hurdle. You know, just knowing that it's a requirement, knowing that this exists. You know, um, and different states have different obstacles for sure. But uh, it's not uncommon for a new facility to, you know, uh, open up one day <laughs> in some part of the state, and we don't find out about that until months down the road sometimes. And so uh, we we have to play catch up. You know, so just knowing about cancer uh, or the requirements for reporting to your state for cancer is definitely the biggest thing. But then even within that, you have facilities that aren't, um, you know, aren't necessarily aware of what is reportable, what needs to be sent to us. So if you are you know, working for a facility that does uh, imaging, that performs biopsies, uh, that, uh, you know, sends specimens off to a lab, um, you you might think that you don't need to report to us or to us to you know to your to your state registry uh but in, in fact you you probably do or you might and that's why you have to definitely start by talking to your state health department to find out you know where the cancer registry is um or, or or who who your contact should be for the registry uh but yeah often i get questions of uh, you know well we you know we send our we send everything to the lab and the lab reports to you you know so which is partially true. Uh, pathology labs are also required to send data to us, but so are the facilities that actually do the procedures or do the imaging. So if a facility does imaging, depending on a number of things, um, that, that could be the diagnosis uh, of the patient's cancer, right? And so that, that's a crucial piece of information. And so, um, you know, that, that's why they would be reportable. But uh, yeah, that's, that's probably, I think, I think a lot of facilities um, or practitioners or what have you, you know, kind of think that someone else is doing this for them and that may or may not be true. And what I, what I try to advise is, you know, unless you have something written out, you have a very explicit agreement saying, you know, this hospital is going to do our cancer reporting for us or, or this lab or whatever, um, then they're probably not doing it on your behalf, <laughs> you know? So it's good to clarify that. And, uh, and I think that, you know, most most listeners uh, interested in this, if they were to reach out to their state's registry, uh, they'll 
find very helpful people willing to work with them to to get these uh, uh, these mechanisms established. Well, and this was very helpful information to have, Jeremy. Uh, thank you for taking the time to share it with us. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.